was going to say hello, but okay, the pheasants will take the, take the scene from me. No worries. Hello. Welcome to Cavancast. I hope you're doing well. Thank you for joining me. I spent some time with dogs today. So it's been a good day. Um, it's always a good day when you spend time with a dog. I think. Anyway. I think it reverts my mind to a sort of simpler way of functioning. I like to think so anyway. Do you mind? It's very close. I feel like, I feel a little bit like David Attenborough. Because being in this van, animals will just come near it because it doesn't look like there's a dude in a van. So I just sort of look out the van because I've got like a curtain there. No windows, but I've got a curtain there. And I just sort of look out and I'm like, ooh, the wild pheasant. That's not David Attenborough. Who's David Attenborough? The wild pheasant. Just walking around. Always on alert to see if there's any scruffy-haired podcasters around. This guy. Um, like the... The pheasant, the, 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 the pheasant's mane, what is it, the apex predator? Is that what they call it? Um, I've had quite a few conversations today or recently about accountability. Um, it just, it seems like more and more people don't want to take responsibility for their actions or the things they do. So I'm just going to throw it out there and say, it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to make mistakes. As, as long as you're trying to work on it and learn from it, it's okay, we're human. It's fine. It's fine if you're trying. Don't, don't beat yourself up too much. Um, yeah, it's okay to be wrong. Taking accountability for your actions is one of the best things you can do. And now on to the light stuff. <laughs> just wanted to throw that message out there. Anyway, um, if you've never watched, listened to, or consumed Cavancast in any way before, uh, how it works is I, being Cavan, use a random word generator to generate five random words. Huh. And uh, then I talk about them, whatever may come to mind, sometimes specific, sometimes unhinged, sometimes chaotic, sometimes chill, sometimes deep, sometimes light. Who knows? People have layers, so it's interesting to see what comes up, really. Speaking of light, the I could have done that with any word I just said. Speaking of any descriptive word that just came out of my mouth, speaking of light, um, oh my god, speaking of chaotic, do you mind? Excuse me. Wait, do you mind? I'm trying to record a podcast. Can you up to it? Thank you. Honestly, so rude. It's always best to ask nicely once, and then if they don't listen... You 
run in waving and flailing your arms maniacally. It's the, the, the natural next step, I think. So as I was saying, speaking of light, the first word is glide. 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 I do love my onomatopoeia in this podcast, and glide is definitely one of those. If flight wasn't an option for a superpower, not in general, if flight wasn't an option, um, I, I would choose the opportunity, the, the power to glide. One, you would look fabulous, just wherever you went. If you just glid, glided, glowed, into a into a conversation or a situation or a, just any any event just gliding into it like in a Mary Poppins fashion then it, I don't know I don't know what the benefit of that would be other than feeling pretty amazing about it but then I think the social anxiety would kick in of just like oh god everyone's looking at me gliding oh god I hope I'm gliding okay do I look weird gliding that's what it would be flying's okay because you're just flying but if you're gliding into a situation and everyone's looking at you oh god no I take it all back oh don't perceive me gliding please that Okay, I take it all back. This is a terrible first word to start off with. Gliding. Some people do walk like they glide, though. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen people, there's certain people that just walk like they weigh absolutely nothing? And not not even in, in an appearance sense, in, in a... um. Just their energy is light. Like, they don't have... They don't... Uh, they just don't look like they have, they have the weight of the world on their shoulders, and they feel like they're they feel like they're gliding. I don't really know how else to put it. There was a really interesting um, technique I got taught once because my um, my posture used to be terrible, and um, still is if I don't if I don't watch it. Um, years of being a skateboard skateboarder and a and an, and an emo kid and a grungy musician um naturally curved my shoulders to a half-eaten jaffa cake aesthetic um and so i i did all this posture stuff and um one of the things i was taught to help with holding yourself up but not feeling like you're holding yourself up so it doesn't take up as much energy and this is one of those mind over matter things it's really interesting if you i think it's part of alexander technique if if you any of you have ever heard of that alexander technique is like a um a series of um movements or ways of um perceiving movements and being very conscious of certain movements that you're doing to um attain better posture and just overall take care of your body better um and one of them is to imagine that instead of hold instead of you holding yourself up from your feet like from feet upwards like you're standing on the ground holding your entire body up what you're what you visualize is that you're actually being dangled like a, as a puppet almost 
um, like there's a like an invisible line coming uh, out of the top of your head, and that's what's supporting you. That's dangling. You're basically dangling from it. So if you visualize this while you're walking, if you're walking now, you can try it. Or if you're not having a nap or chilling or in a very cozy place, feel free to try it now. Or try it whenever you like. Just as you're walking along, just visualize um, yourself being suspended from the top of your head by a string. A sturdy string. Um but a string nonetheless, and just see if it makes a difference to the way you walk, if you feel lighter, or if you feel a bit, a bit freer, it worked for me, I quite enjoyed it, but yeah, Google Alexander Technique, and see what you come up with, if you're having trouble with posture and stuff, it's pretty good, it's pretty good, I do like a glide, glide, do you remember gliders, um, like the, I swear I don't see them anymore. Gliders. They're like the planes, but they have massive wings. Like really long wings. And I don't, I don't think they have engines or anything in them. I think they get towed by other planes. And then they let them go. And then the plane just sort of chills in the air because it's got such long wings. It just sort of does its thing. I think I'm right with that, but I never see them anymore. Are gliders still a thing? Gliders are... Oh, they're, they're still a thing. Gliders are... Gliders are very strongly built, and there is no engine to fail. In the unlikely event of an accident occurring, there is no fuel to burn. So basically... Choose gliding. Choose gliding today. I still haven't gone up in a hot air balloon. I still haven't gone up in a hot air balloon. Hopefully, hopefully soon. That's my PSA of the day. In case any of you are wondering about whether you wanted to go gliding or not. Mm. This next word makes me very happy. Buffet. Wow, I did not think Phoebe Buffet would be the first thing that came into my head, considering I'm kind of a fake Friends fan. It was like a very quick passing of like plates of food on a conveyor belt that just went past, and then it was just Phoebe's face. <laughs> that's that's what happened in my mind just then. A very strange visualisation. <laughs> and now I'm thinking of Phoebe Buffet at a buffet in a room where there's a conveyor belt of food going around and she's working there and everything's... The, the conveyor belt is jamming and she's running around trying to fix everything, but she's making everything worse and now the plates are stacking up um, and crashing into each other. It's sushi, apparently. It's a sushi buffet. Um, that's what's happening. And she's... She's Phoebe. She's Phoebe. She's Phoebe doing what Phoebe does. Styling it out. And then she doesn't know what to do, so she just starts singing a song on the guitar. About it. Maybe this was already a Friends episode, and I'm just recounting it in my mind, but I, I can't remember. 
Someone who's seen Friends can probably tell me if I've got that right or wrong. Am I plagiarizing Friends right now? I'm, I'm probably plagiarizing Friends. Um, buffets, buffets are one of my favorite things. Amazing for social anxiety. Is that the second? That's the second time I've mentioned social anxiety in this podcast. <laughs> Is there a theme happening here? Who knows? Um, I've been in this van for too long. Uh, yeah, it's good because just, you know, eating, it's when there's a selection, right? There's, there's a selection of food and if anyone comes over, it's an amazing conversation starter, a conversation starter, because you can go, oh, they look nice, don't they? Oh yeah, they do actually. Oh, I quite like that. Oh yeah. Do you know what? I had some of them before actually. Yeah, they were quite nice. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be as good here, but like before they were really good. Oh, do you know what? I might try one. Yeah, do you want to try one? Yeah, they're quite good. Oh, they are good, aren't they? Oh, they are all oh, very creamy. Yeah, I don't know what it is we're trying right now. Cannolis. We're trying cannolis. Um, <laughs> me and Sandra. We're trying, trying cannolis right now. And we're having a great time too. It's a wonderful conversation. She um she goes on to tell me about her uh, her son's at university. He's in his uh, first year. He's just started. She's very proud. Um, he is studying uh, philosophy and ethics. She was unsure about it at first, but. Because it was just, you know, it's different in her time, but like, it's good that he's like, he cares about people and stuff and he cares about the world and that's really good. And, um, she has two daughters, one named Chloe and one named Abigail. And they are both chefs. And, um, she tells me then that although the sandwiches and sausage rolls here are good, the ones their daughters make are so good. Do you know what? Abigail's better at desserts, but um, Chloe, her sandwiches, absolutely fantastic. Do you know what? I might tell them they should start their own catering business. Much better than this posh. Posh, pesh, tosh, dosh. What's the word for, like, nothing? This rubbish. Tosh? This tosh? Much better than this tosh. Yeah, that'll do. Tosh. Okay, this is where my mind is today. Quality. Alright, wicked. The Harry Potter Great Hall buffets. Mmm. That's peak buffet. That is peak buffet. Just appearing... That scene where Ron's just like chomping on the chicken wings and then the, and the, like for the events as well. What was it? Was it Halloween? The one that looked really good? Pumpkin juice is really good, by the way. So really, I like pumpkin juice a lot. Um, if you ever go to any of those like Hogwartsy places, well, maybe not now, probably best to, should we move on? Shall we move on? I do like a buffet though. It's just, Ah, oh, finger sandwiches are the best thing. 
the best thing, best thing since sliced bread. They are. Oh God. Are you still here? If you're still here, I commend you and I thank you. I really do. I would not have blamed you if you weren't here, but if you haven't turned off now, thank you. I appreciate you. What's next? Glass. Oh, this could be an interesting one. Glass, glass. Glassy. Well, that's interesting. So, so you know, like the if you're from the UK, you'll get this. the The southern, southern UK. What did I just say? Did I say if you're from the US or from the UK? Oh my god! What's happening to me? Okay, so if you're from the UK, you'll get this. If you're from, so there's the, the north and south divide of like pronunciations of like glass and glass, grass, grass, bath, bath, that kind of thing. And if you're from America, you'll be saying glass anyway. So you don't count. Just for this, you, you're valid in general, but not for this. So I've just realized something. So I'm from... Uh, the south of the UK. So, despite my accent being from all over the place, anyway, um, traditionally I would say glass. I would like elongate the R, elongate the R's. But I've just realised something. So you know, Lassie, the dog. I wouldn't say Lassie. I would not say Lassie. Like. Oh, she's a fine lass. No, no, I wouldn't. So maybe, just maybe, I have to submit to the shortened A and being wrong in this aspect. And that's okay, because I don't mind being wrong. That? Not normally a submissive person. Um, edit that out. But okay, let's um let's move swiftly on. So we have a little bit of a science lesson um and find out how glass is made. I know it's made from sand. How is glass made? What is glass? Glass manufacturing has an age old tradition which dates back to th around three thousand five hundred BC when glass is believed to have been first artificially produced in Egypt and Mesopotamia to be used as jewellery and later as vessels. Since then, processes have constantly evolved from craftsmanship to today's high-tech industrial processes and the number of glass types and applications have multiplied. Yes, 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 yes. Glass industries are characterized by a multitude of production processes depending on the final product manufactured and its end applications. However, all these manufacturing processes have a common origin. Glass first needs to be melted. Glass melting requires raw materials which are of two kinds, different types of sand and recycled glass. These raw materials are mixed together charged in a furnace where they are melted 
at around 1500 degrees centigrade to form molten glass. The molten glass is then taken out of the furnace to be shaped and cooled down afterwards. For many applications, the glass obtained may be further processed to have specific properties such as increased mechanic strength and higher resistance to breakage. I would like that, please. Can I have that? So how do they make stained glass? How is stained glass made? The rise of the Gothic. It just says the rise of the Gothic. Not the Gothic, like, period. Just the Gothic. The rise of the Gothic. Sick album title, bro. During the 12th century, the art of the stained glass window flourished exceptionally. Stained glass is still made the same way it was back in the Middle Ages, incredibly. Some, despite some of the tools being adapted or improved, the manufacturing process of the stained glass window has remained the same for thousands of years. Molten glass is caught up at one end of a blowpipe in a lump, which is then blown into a cylinder. The cylinder is then cut, flattened and cooled. Artisans would use this same process to produce a myriad of effects. So then they make a pattern, almost like a tattoo. They make sort of like a stencil pattern of it. Um, the pattern is placed on a piece of glass that is the desired colour. So wait, how do they make the colours? Ah. Oh, large, large manufacturers of stained glass mix the batch of raw materials together and then melt them in a modern furnace at a striking temperature of 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit or 1,371 degrees centigrade. Each ingredient must be carefully measured and weighed to ensure it produces the appropriate colour. Nice. Oh. The pattern is placed on a piece of glass that is the desired colour and is cut around with a diamond or steel wheel so that the glass is cut to the shape of the pattern. After the glass has been cut, the main outlines of the cartoon are painted on each piece of glass with a special paint called vitrifiable paint, which becomes glassy when heated. During the painting process, the glass is held up to the light to simulate the same conditions it will be in when the window will be seen by onlookers. The painted pieces are then fired in the kiln at least once to fuse the paint and the glass. Very cool. Didn't know that. Bet you didn't know that either. Maybe you did. Either way, that's really cool. That's a hell of a process. That must take so long as well. I would imagine. Do you know what I haven't done? I haven't smashed a glass in a while. I'm very clumsy, and normally I would have done that by accident, but I haven't... I haven't, spl I haven't smashed a glass. Am I tempting fate? I'd be really interested to see if I would, because I'm saying I have stopped being clumsy. Yeah. Okay, just putting that out there in the universe to see what happens. If I smash one, I will tell you. See how long it takes. See how long it takes. Coke always tastes better out of a glass. Every drink tastes better out of a glass. I think. Well... No, I disagree with that. Sometimes, like, a nice cold can is good. But Coke out of a glass bottle, that's the one. That's the one. If you disagree, 
you're wrong. I know everyone's allowed to have their opinion, but not this time. This time you're just wrong. And that's okay. You're allowed to be. That's the wonder of being human. <laughs> I don't know how I keep coming back to that point. Maybe it's like the like you start off with something and then that, that sets the, the tone for the whole thing. Like, you know how they say, if you wake up and like the first thing you do in your day sets up how the rest of your day is going to work, like how your brain's going to work for the rest of the day. So like if you wake up and you scroll on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, your brain will get used to like really quick fire bursts and won't hold attention for that long. But if you wake up and do something that requires a bit of quite a bit of focus straight away, your brain will go, oh, this is what we're doing today. And then it will set that up for the day. Television. Television. Yeah. Rules the nation. Whoa. Yeah. Good Daft Punk song. Very good Daft Punk song. Um, I'm going to tell you a story about televisions. So my old family home had one of these um, TVs that still had static on them, but not just static, like the white noise static. It was like, it had like the, like made that horrible sound. And um, one day when I was very young, very, very young, like four, must have been three or four. Um, I woke up early one Saturday morning and um, this is one of my earliest like fear memories. It's one of the first times I remember really being scared. And uh, I went downstairs, woke myself up, went downstairs, mum was still in bed, got myself a jam tart, okay? Because I thought, it's Saturday morning, I deserve a treat. I've had a hard week of school. Yeah, I would have been, I would have started school by then. Hard week at school. I deserve a treat on a Saturday morning. Got myself a jam tart. Went to turn on the TV. It's an old school TV, so no remote. So, walked up to the TV with my face right against it. About the same height as the TV at this point, because four years old pressed the on button and right in my face at full volume the TV exploded into static white noise for all intents and purposes it screamed at me and just the loudest <sighs> I screamed back at it I, I screamed, I was so scared that I, <laughs> I feel so bad for that kid. I crushed my jam tart, like all my whole body tensed up, tensed up and I crushed my jam tart. Oh, and I went running, sprinting up to my mum. Like, really scared. I didn't know what to do. In my mind, like, the horror... Like, the... All right, birds. I'm trying to tell a story. 
in my mind like the 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 horror like the the traumatic painting of that memory like skeletons came on the screen but i'm sure that wasn't the case i can imagine if it was then i would have like crushing my jam tart would have been valid but just for some tv static but oh it was my favorite flavor of jam tart as well that was a bad time it was a bad time weirdly i like i don't watch tv much anymore really um i mean i don't have one in the van um electricity is not unlimited in here so you know i don't really feel the need to but even before i lived in the van i didn't watch tv that much um yeah i don't know i think i adopted the internet at an early age and well like most people i guess um tv just kind of became less important i do like a series um and i quite like films but like normal tv and stuff i watched anton deck's saturday night takeaway for like the first time ever really and had no idea it had been going for 20 years what what how has that happened and i watched it and i had a really good time actually it's a really good show um but yeah just barely ever watched it i have nothing to say on that it's not good or bad i guess it's just it just is just naturally sort of like grew away from tv I think more and more people are doing that, and um, who knows? Internet killed the TV star, I guess. What's going to be next? Virtual reality killed the internet. That's what it would be. Maybe fields. Maybe it all just goes kaput, and people go, "I want to just sit in a field now." Field. Nature killed the internet. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. When did television start? Television. Television. Oh no, I've just got a load of deals for cheap televisions. <laughs> cheap deals on TVs. 75 inches? No. Who needs a TV that big? God no. Can you imagine me putting a 75 inch television in this van? <laughs> I could probably, like, affix it to the ceiling, and that'll be it. I just lie down. I have to lie on the floor and just look. <laughs> that'd be crazy. You might not, um, you might not be able to see. Well, if you're listening to this, you definitely won't be able to see, but if you want to watch uh, the podcast, if you want to watch me chatting all this, um, it's available on my Patreon uh, where you can subscribe for a very low price and get all of these episodes filmed and uh, a load of bonus episodes and content as well. Um, but yeah, I'm just looking around trying to figure out where I would put a 75-inch TV. No one needs a 75 Go to the cinema. Go to the cinema. That's what they're for. Oh, I went to the cinema a while ago and it was this weird one that had like... It was like a... Um, extended screen so like it came 
over the walls, like, a little bit. It was, like, curved onto the walls. Slightly. I don't know. I'd, it's weird that that hasn't picked up, because it was a few years ago I did that. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be a thing, maybe in loads of cinemas, but... Yeah. <laughs> I do remember once. I can't remember what I was going to see. Um... What was it? Do you know what? It doesn't matter. But um, someone, whoever was working up by the projector, knocked it. <laughs> so for the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie, it was just like that. <laughs> it was, like, half on the wall. <laughs> and everyone was so British that they just didn't do anything about it, including me. I was having a very anxious day, I think. I was like, I don't want, I don't want to say anything. And then someone came in and they were like, oh, how long has it been like this? And we were like, the whole time, like 15 minutes. They were like, oh, we'll start that again. I was like, we were like yay, thank you. Oh, God, so British, so reserved, silly. Would never do that again. Would never do that again. Um, History of television. History. The world's first television stations started appearing in America in the late 1920s and early 1930s. The first mechanical TV station was called W3XK and was created by Charles Francis Jenkins, one of the inventors of the... Orv... Why did I just put a random R in there? One of the inventors of the mechanical television. That TV station aired its first broadcast on July 2nd, 1928. Nice. Televisions can be found in billions of homes around the world, but a hundred years ago, nobody even knew what a television was. In fact, as late as 1947, only a few thousand Americans owned televisions. It's weird how far we've come. One of the first mechanical televisions used a rotating disc with holes arranged in a spiral pattern. This device was created independently by two inventors, Scottish inventor John Logie Baird and American inventor Charles Francis Schenken. Mechanical televisions re relied on rotating discs to transmit images from a, a transmitter to the receiver. Both the transmitter and receiver had rotating discs. The discs had holes in them spaced around the disc, with each hole being slightly lower than the other. What? I, this, I, this doesn't make sense to me. Does that make sense to you? It doesn't make sense to me. So that's real old school. The first... <laughs> the first electronic television was created by a 21-year-old inventor. What was I doing when I was 21? I was playing Guitar Hero. That's what I was doing when I was 21. Just graduated university and I ended up in video games. Oh, it's kind of the same thing, I guess. <laughs> We're both nerds. We're both massive nerds. There we go. That works. My favourite television series is... Oh, favourite television series of all time. What is my favourite television series of all time? It might be... How I Met Your Mother. Or Doctor Who. How I Met Your Mother or Doctor Who, I think. Yeah, yeah, 
Yep, 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 yep. And if you're watching me on your television, hello. That's cool. Cool to be here. But for most of you, I imagine I am in your ears. Hello. And I'm going to finish off this episode with the word is nose. And I'm going to finish it off by telling you a funny story about the first time I ever broke my nose. So back to being four years old. I had four, the age of four was a crazy age for me. There's a lot of experiences happening, a lot of traumatic experiences. So, but this one was entirely my fault, entirely my fault. It was very mischievous, mischievous, mischievous. I was a little dick, basically, and I would uh, cause a bit of trouble. And um, this one day, as a four-year-old, I was playing out in the garden, and uh, we had a, a concrete garden and um i had one of those do you remember those i imagine they had them in america i think they had them everywhere this toy was everywhere it was one of the it was a toy car i'm sure you remember it it was red on the bottom and yellow on the top this is everywhere this is like it's like a deeply programmed memory that car so I decided to not play in the car. No, I decided to dance on top of the car whilst holding onto the washing line and doing a little boogie. What happened next was the car slipped out from under my feet because it couldn't handle my mad dancing skills. It thought, whoa, this is too much for me. I gotta get out of town. Slipped it right out from under my feet. Washing line didn't hold me. Why would it? I'll tell you what did hold me. The floor. Held my face. Very well. And. Uh, what came out of my nose. Matched the colour of the bottom of that car. I. That was that was the first that was the first time I kind of learned a lesson. The, <laughs> the life has consequences and will come at you hard and fast. And that was the end of my dancing career, man. I didn't dance no more after that. Maybe that's why I'm a bad dancer, because there's fear holding me back. Why do I feel like I've spoken about this before? Oh, I feel like I said this in a dream. Oh, this is weird. Oh, I'm having deja vu and I don't like it. Oh, that's very odd. Deja vu. Collecting in the Matrix. Oh, that's very odd. I do love deja vu, but when it gets real, like, spoony like this, not so much. Also, my nose, I was always... I'm going to end it on a... A nice point. So I was always very insecure about my nose because I broke it so many times and it was big and it was like on my face. And, um, you know, I still get comments about it to this day. But, you know, I kind of grew into it as I was older. Same with my ears as well. But um, I 
I'm no longer insecure about it. Because anyone, anyone that would say something about the way someone else looks that they cannot control is just is someone that you would just want to stay so far away from. Because if they don't have the self-awareness to realize they're taking the piss out of something on someone to do with someone that they have no control over, short of paying thousands of pounds for like a, a reconstructive surgery, then why, why would you want to be anywhere near them? If that's how their mind operates. It's a blessing. If someone does that. Because they've shown you. Point blank. That they do not deserve your time. Or your energy. Or any part of you. That should go towards. Making the world a better place for you. And the people around you. Who don't give a toss about that kind of thing and with any luck over a long period of time natural selection will kick in and people that take the the mickey out of people's noses won't be alive much longer <laughs> like i said not insecure about it anymore i'm fine <laughs> do you believe me yet um just a little joke to end off there. Just a little bit of a comedy to end the episode there. This has been a very strange episode. I um, Some of them are weird. Some of them are just weird. And um, that's what they are. Some, I just don't know what my, my mind is going to be doing. Um, and I've learned just to go with it. And that is part of my journey. That is part of my whole thing. Um, sometimes you just got to talk sometimes it's just got to come out anyway I'm going to stop waffling um, if you would like any other episodes that aren't necessarily as uh, chaotic um, they're all available um, there is other content on my YouTube channel uh, if you just search Cavern it'll be on there bonus episodes available on my Patreon and um, all the other socials are at Cavern Kingston. Do you know what? I'm not even going to say. I hope you feel a little bit more chill. Because <laughs> I wouldn't. But if you do, great. If you've had a good time, great. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you hanging out. Please take care of yourself. Please be kind to yourself. And I will speak to you soon.